Top of the evening, everyone, or of the nighttime, at least if you're on Eastern Time. I'm Joseph Cotto. Joining me tonight is Halsey English. And as you can tell, my voice is back to quasi-normal. It's almost there, I think, like at about 80, 85%. Uh, Halsey, how's it going? Can't complain. Same shit, different toilet. <laughs> well, uh, I've been dealing with a lot of uh, excrement lately myself to say the least but uh i am very glad to have uh come out on the other side of it uh health related stuff as i've been mentioning but we don't need to go into that again i typically am not a fan when people uh pray for me obviously as a secular humanist uh <laughs> but uh, halsey did say that he would pray for me and if anybody's gonna pray for me uh if it's an orthodox jew i'm very uh, pleased by that i'll put it this way so uh thank you very much halsey for the prayer. i'm happy to do so <laughs> uh it's it's nice you have no idea how much it takes for me to thank someone for praying for you because that's typically something it's like uh. but anyway uh talking about uh, about uh, uh what we're going to get we're going to get to a lot of different things but something of uh, acute interest to me uh, is how there is this unique dynamic now among men and women in the uh, workplace. And it, it's, a, it's a dynamic that's very difficult to deal with uh, for a lot of people because they're not sure about what's appropriate. They don't want to seem like they're being you know, sexually harassing. They obviously don't want to open themselves up to a lawsuit. Uh, the company that they're working for wants absolutely nothing to do with any of this for every understandable reason in the book. Uh, so the company wants everything to be uh, as straight and narrow as possible. And most workers do, thankfully. But you know, things today are so uh, subjective that people often wonder what's straight and narrow. And uh, it's something that every business really has to lay down uh, the law on, uh, so to speak. Uh, and I hope that they do so as clearly and concisely as possible to prevent problems. Uh, if there is something, though, one could look at and objectively say this is a really horrendous idea. Uh, this never should have happened. Uh, it's what took place, not in a private institution, but in a public one, uh, even worse in a way, uh, which makes the situation even worse in a way, in Tennessee. Uh, there is an issue there, uh, an ongoing issue with uh, some uh, fun and games, to be as polite as possible, which took place at a, uh, at a police uh, department about uh, how long is it? 40 minutes outside of Nashville. And it's really something else. The city is called Laverne. And this woman uh, who's 26 years old, or at least she was when this happened. I don't know if she's still 26, really, who cares? But uh, she was uh, getting it on, you could say, with many different people in her office, including uh, those who were, uh, including uh, at least one superior. I mean, there are so many different people that. It just uh, it kind of goes over my head. Uh, and, and I do think it's good that the agency dealt with this uh, so thoroughly. Uh, an internal investigator is the one basically who lit on this thing. It wasn't swimming. It's heartening to see that that uh, uh, an institution took this as so seriously as it did, even at you know, great cost to the institution's credibility because being a, a, a uh, enterprise, you know, become uh, well known quickly due to the of the news. We're going to get into some really interesting aspects of it. Uh, but uh, what is your perspective on the Megan Hall uh, thing? This became known back in January, and you know, it's still making waves today. I mean. 
I, I think that it's it's possible that it's just a bit over overdrawn, and I don't know why it's gotten as much attention as it did. It's just basically like some girl that decided to completely hoe it up at at work and wound up banging like half the office and all that. But as I said to you before, the interesting part about it is she's suing them now, claiming um, like sexual assault and all kinds of shit. She's gonna win. Like, and it's not just she's going to win because the courts are so sympathetic to women. She's going to win because the first people that she was screwing were her superiors. And it's it's pretty well defined in in workplace law that your bosses aren't allowed to, like, start fucking you. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty solid law. So. Are you completely frozen? Because you were roboting before. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. But you keep freezing Go and ahead. you keep roboting. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, it's, uh, it uh, just happens sometimes. My, my apologies. I will try to see if there's anything I could do to make it uh, better. Is it better now? Yeah, now it seems okay. Great. Hello? No, no, sorry. Please go ahead. No, I was saying that it's pretty cut and dry <laughs> workplace law. <laughs> you know, that you're you're not allowed, your superiors are not allowed to start banging you. Like that's it's it's pretty cut and dry. So she's gonna probably win. Mm -hmm. It it's interesting that this woman uh would go around having uh these sexual relations. I think she's also exchanging photos of sexual nature as well with another cop, uh, that she would do this uh with uh so many people in a workplace, and yet uh she could be in a position where she would uh do well in a lawsuit. I mean, it's completely inappropriate behavior on her part and the part of the men who engaged with her. Uh, but uh, all the same, obviously there's guilt on both sides and that she would get a big payout, even though she played an active role in this. Uh, it's not like she was raped uh, or anything close to that. Uh, it, it's really, uh, it's really uh, crazy. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like a lot of the guys were fired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got what they deserve. No question. It's, it's, I mean, it's just the world we live on right now. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Now, what do you think about her lawsuit where she claims that she was uh, groomed for this? That that was the big uh, the, the big thing which came out of the lawsuit, her claim that she was groomed. And obviously, she's presenting herself as the victim. Uh, it, it, I think that's rather extraordinary. Uh, I think the term grooming actually is getting too much airtime. People now are seemingly they're using it. Uh, to describe anything they dislike of an even vaguely sexual nature. Uh, I've heard people say that uh, adult men groom 20-year-olds in order for the 20-year-olds to become strippers. I mean, it's just like really, really weird. Uh, it's, you would think people think about grooming, they think about uh, uh, sexual predators against children uh, doing unmentionable things. But I think that the, the word grooming has become so overused that someone like Hall can then use it in a lawsuit uh, against her employer Meanwhile, she was uh, uh, the problem. I mean, the word grooming is becoming overused the same as the term grifter. Like at this point, uh -huh. everyone who, who doesn't like someone else online says that they're a grifter because they disagree with them, it, as opposed to just being a grifter, like, you know, trying to raise money uh, off of shit that you don't really believe in. 
But grooming is the same way. But I mean, it, it, I, I don't know how it all went down and I'm sure she's going to have her own narrative. But there is a sense where, I mean, if she if she was hired and one of her bosses was like, you know, pretty quickly started banging her. And then after he started banging her, like, you know, he kind of made it, made it clear that like other people were going to and, you know, like kind of passed her around like a toy. That kind of fits the definition. Now, I'm not st sticking up for this whore. I could like care less. But like I, I feel like she should just be fired and and that be the end of it. But that being said, right. like that's not how the law is written. So she's as I said, she's probably gonna gonna make a lot of money off of this. Yeah, it's it, it's completely crazy because if you read the report from the uh, internal investigation at the department, there's no indication that she was uh, you know uh, forced into doing uh, X, Y, or Z sexually uh it's not that she was uh raped or uh extorted uh but now of course she claims that she was groomed which is a term that has a very open meaning now uh, one might say none of us were there to see what happened but uh, one might say she was passed around so to speak at the office but even that would be consensual on her end uh like i said in the report the internal investigation that was done by her agency there's no uh finding at all that that she was you know uh, sexually abused uh so it, it's it's interesting then that after the fact she would claim she was groomed to me this is very very uh unfortunate because it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's bad when people blame the victim, but it's interesting when people after the fact say they were victims. Uh, meanwhile, there wasn't any evidence in the actual investigation to support the claim that they were something like, you know, groomed, which is a term typically used to describe people who try to uh, put minors into a position where they can become sexually abused. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really this whole thing to me just goes to show how toxic workplace relations uh, between men and women uh, in certain cases have become, thankfully not all or even most. Uh, and it's, it's, it's disconcerting. It is. Uh, at least it's something that everybody can look at and say, this is a terrible thing uh, and uh, it should not be emulated. But uh, it, it, it's sad to see something like this happened. And it's it's bizarre to see this uh, officer uh, or now former officer uh, trying to you know claim that she was the victim of, of grooming. Uh, it's 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 really to me. I mean, this whole thing is 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 quite dastardly. It is, but like we say that children can't consent to sex, so we have rules for statutory rape. Mm. They say that when when a boss takes advantage of one of their underlings and starts sleeping with one of the people that they have power over, you take away that, that same level of consent. Like you can't just say, Oh, she was cool with it because they hold a certain level of power over. I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm saying that's how the law was written. That's how the law is in almost all 50 States. I, I think that it certainly is something uh, that a, an individual should be fired for superior if they start engaging sexually with a subordinate. Uh, although I don't see how one could say it, it's, and I, I know you're not saying this, talking about civil law, but I think the idea that something like that could ever become criminal is, is crazy. And obviously, if one talks about uh, statutory rape, that's obviously a crime uh, for, for totally understandable reasons. So it's 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 really a, a fascinating situation that this whole 
woman uh, got herself into. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, sh uh, she deserved to lose her job. The people she engaged with sexually deserved to lose their jobs. Uh, and the agency should certainly uh, totally revamp its human resources policies. I'll just put it uh, that way. I'll say it very nicely. Uh, but I, I think that when it comes to this, one really cannot look at her as the victim, even if uh, she would have a claim due to uh, civil law when it comes to sexual harassment in Tennessee, uh, to say that she uh, would be deserving of a payout uh, when she was doing something that she consented to, even though the context which the consent was given was absolutely uh, unacceptable uh, from a workplace standards perspective. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if anyone should try to make her, I know you're not doing this, but if anyone should try to make her out to be the victim here as she is doing it's it's really something bad it tells you something uh, about uh how bad things can get in the workplace nowadays and it tells you also about basically the total lack of personal responsibility which some people can have it's not just a personal thing you know if it's in their personal life with a uh, romantic interest or whatever that's their business but uh, with her it comes into the workplace and uh, it's just shocking to see her having done something so destructive, which other people participated with her in, of course. Uh, but then for her to try to uh, file a lawsuit, obviously to get money out of her former agency and play the victim, uh, it, it, to, to me, that that's really uh, something else. I just don't see how one could say she really is a victim here, uh, even though you know her filing the lawsuit should not be thought of as, 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 as a great surprise. So that's my take on the matter. So the thing is, the, the things that are working against her in the lawsuit is, one, she never complained about any of this. Exactly. And two, it doesn't look like she was upset about it. She was only upset about getting caught. Exactly, yep. Or even not even upset about getting caught. She was upset that, like, action was taken against her for this. Yep. So th that might that might be enough of a, of a mitigating circumstance that she might lose. But I, I think the bigger problem is just that we now have work environments where work is almost secondary and making sure everyone feels comfortable being in a building together is more primary. And I, I think it's I think it's a huge problem. It is. What do you think is the uh, most uh, crucial aspect of this problem? Women in the workforce? <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I should have known you would say that. Uh, I, I, but I, I think that uh, a big problem is that people are not properly socialized nowadays, especially. I mean, she is uh, 26. She is, I think, actually, is she a millennial or is she a member of Generation Z? I think she's right on the cusp. Uh, yeah, she would be right on the cusp either way. Uh, so I think that perhaps someone like her uh, is a good example of how people are not properly socialized to deal with difficult workplace situations, and they get themselves into massive problems, and then after the fact, uh, they claim that they are the victim. Uh, definitely a, a, a nasty thing for uh, for any workplace, whether it's in the public or private uh, sector. And I think it was, uh, how many people, was it six people she was sexually involved with? I think that was it. Uh, so it's, it's really uh, just crazy. And nobody certainly, I mean, in this day and age, uh, you, one has to be especially conscious of this. Nobody can say that she was uh, racially prejudiced. She, she certainly had poor 
<laughs> sexual discretion. Uh, I believe, yes, she was with uh, white officers, uh, a bl uh, black officers, and a Hispanic officer, as memory serves. So uh, it's 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 really interesting that that she at least uh, embraced uh, diversity here, and uh, for all of her indiscretions, she did not offend prevailing orthodoxy about uh, modern romance. I'll put it that way. Anything to say about this, Halsey? I mean, no, she definitely was like not a discriminating whore. <laughs> but I mean, when, as I said, when all said and done, and, and it comes down to this fundamental truth, what was she bringing to the job that made her stand out above other people other than the fact that she was a woman? She was short. She's not very well, like physically fit. She, she brought nothing to the job other than the fact that they want women in the workplace. So they hired her for this job. Which, because she wasn't qualified for it, she treats it like almost like a social setting. Like, oh, okay, now that I'm here, okay, let's, since I can't work, I can't go arrest criminals, I can't, you know, do anything of, of any value, I'm just going to see who in the office wants to sleep with me. And, and this is happening more and more. I mean, you can find dozens of videos all over, all, all over the internet of, like, women cops going to arrest somebody and the guy just like laughs and pushes them and runs away and they can't even like keep slightly like up with them or they like try to physically overpower them and like the guy the criminal just laughs at them like they're not bringing a value to the job in the first place so big surprise that people don't treat her like a cop they treat her like you know a whore because that's basically her job is she's there like she's there to be the woman of the office, not to actually be a cop. So I, I don't think it's just that people are, are poorly socialized or whatever it may be. It's that we've now decided that it's more important to have certain sexes, certain colors, whatever it may be in the workforce, as opposed to having people that are there to do a job. And when people are there to do a job, the job tends to at least somewhat get done. When people are there to fulfill quotas, nothing gets done. I'm going to get into something interesting here momentarily, but I will say that my father is a retired policeman in New York. He served from 1968 to 1989, uh, and they it was very different back then. As a matter of fact, when he started, they had specialized roles for male and female officers. They even had different uniforms, uh, and uh, the female officers looked beautiful, actually. They, they looked really uh, attractive. Uh, so, uh, And uh, by all accounts, they were able to function quite well uh, in the police force. That Now, obviously, uh, when women are expected to carry the same amount of gear as men uh, in what could be called tactical situations, when women are uh, made to engage in the same sort of rigorous uh, activity, I'm not talking about anything sexual, I'm just legitimate on-the-job stuff, uh, as men, meanwhile, women have a much smaller frame than men. Uh, it, it, it's obviously very difficult for women and men to uh, do the same job in the same way, uh, just because, you know, it, it, different reasons, but just literally a big reason is carrying all the same stuff. Uh, it's, 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 it's interesting how policing has taken this turn and uh, I, I am all in favor, obviously, of women in police forces. I, I don't think Halsey is, but I am. I'm not. 
But I, I'm not I, in favor of women in the workforce at all. So, well, that, that obviously is a difference between us. But I, anyway, I. But anyway, uh, I was going to say that uh, when it comes to uh, to women in policing, it can be done very well. It has been done well. Uh, I wouldn't hold Hall as an example against women police officers. But nowadays, I think with the whole uh, both sexes are interchangeable thing, or arguably sex doesn't exist thing, biological sex doesn't exist, gender identity sure does. Uh, but whatever you want to identify as. But I, I think that it, it, this whole Megan Hall thing shows what happens when you put a woman who uh, probably was not uh, eminently qualified for the job, it's just my rather subjective opinion on not making any declarative statement, uh, uh, in this situation with a bunch of men in this hyper-masculine uh, environment, uh, which, the, that, that, uh, which the Laverne Police uh, Department uh, unambiguously was, uh, there, there has to be a healthy dynamic for men and women to work together, particularly in high-stress uh, job uh job roles. Uh, there has to be. There has to be something set up that everybody gets along without opening the door for something crazy like what happened in Laverne uh, or, you know, for, for matters of uh, sexual abuse, you know, really, really dark stuff. And figuring out how to balance the interests of men and women in the workplace is a really difficult thing, but it does have to be done so everybody can work together in peace, harmony, and uh, prosperity. Now, there is something I want to get into. Wait, about... wait, real quick. Let me just sure. comment on what I said. I don't mean that women just shouldn't be in the workforce, period. Like, they shouldn't be allowed to have jobs. My point being is that, like, growing up, one of my best friends, her, her father was the chief of police of a, a pretty nasty city here in New Jersey, right? And his whole career, he said he's never pulled his gun out once, like never once. And 90% of cops will tell you that's the exact same yep. thing. The issue is, is there's a reason why you said, oh, women had very good roles in the police force. They did. They were called meter maids. Don't you remember that there was a term for it? They would go around and they'd see people who were illegally parked and they would give them tickets for being illegally parked. Because as much as I don't support law enforcement in the first place, I, I have real issues with most law enforcement. I think they're just the armed wing of the regime. And I also don't think that they fulfill a societal purpose because most of them don't go out to stop crime. They go out to, to enforce laws, which make sure that the state gets paid for behavior that almost everybody engages in, like giving speeding tickets for people going five miles over the limit, which everyone does. It's just every now and then someone drives through a speed trap and gets a ticket and gets their insurance raised and all of that and has to pay a fine and all that. But that being said, there's a reason why you pay cops, or at least in theory, to be in good physical shape, to be bigger guys, to be people that you know are able to fight, stuff like that. Because theoretically, if they were to pull someone over and that person were to get violent, they would be able to stop that person from getting violent and therefore stop a person who is violent from being on the streets and hurting somebody who's maybe not armed like a cop or, you know, doesn't have the ability to detain like a cop, whatever it may be, not trained like a cop, whatever it is. When you put women into that position, you are already starting them out at, at such a disadvantage because they have no advantage over the guy they're pulling over. Now, yeah, true, if the guy gets violent, they can shoot him. But I thought that that's what we wanted to avoid was just cops going up to cars and shooting people because they're scared. That's what what happens when women pull people over. And you've seen this happen quite a few times. Woman cop goes up to a car, 
guy tells her to go fuck herself when when she comes up and asks for a license and registration. She goes to move. He moves the slightest, and next thing you know, she blows his brains out all over the, the street. Now, most cops don't immediately go to their gun and start shooting people when people get, you know, it's even in the in the the most BLM criticized shootings, you still you still see that they use violent force usually as a last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, like someone very physically threatens their lives, like runs at them with a knife or tries to shoot them or something like that. Yeah, then they resort to force. But for women, that's never going to be the case. Because a guy punching her in the face is the same as shooting her. Because he will knock her the fuck out. And he will just take her gun and shoot her if necessary or whatever it may be. She doesn't have the physical stamina that theoretically a man is supposed to have in the job of law enforcement. But we like to pretend. We're, we're great at pretending in this country. You know, that's why we don't fix problems. We just create statistics that make it look like problems are fixed. Oh. So... When you when you say, oh, we want to have 20% or 30% or 40 or 50% women in this department, what you're saying is we want 50% of the department to do the work and the other 50% of the part of the department to fulfill a statistic. Yes, the the uh, the 50% that are doing the work are going to resent the other 50%. And then you're going to see them treat them like they're not colleagues, they're you know. You're here because you're a woman. You're you're fulfilling a statistic, so you know get under the desk. Like the, that's that's how they're going to be treated more often than not, and it, it says more of how fucked up our society is than it does how much of a whore this woman was. I would just say I think one of the worst things in policing when it comes to men and women is that they decided to typically in the late seventies into the nineties. Uh, yeah, that was that was the time frame. Give uh, various departments started with what were called unisex uniforms, and they're just male uniforms that they made women wear. And to me, it makes about as much sense as seeing a man wear a female police uniform. Uh, I, I, it, it was really nice when the female officers would wear the uh, the uh, the tunic, typically the cravat. Uh, the unique hat, which is almost like a bowler hat, but not quite, uh, and a, uh, a a skirt, a knee leg skirt, a very sensible skirt, often stockings as well. And it was a very professional, well put together look. They would often carry a gun in their purse. It was a special purse, obviously, and uh, they were well equipped to do whatever it is they had to do. And then, by the way, for men, the uniforms have declined as well. Way back when, they typically wore a tunic with the nice metal buttons, uh, whether it was the choker, as was in New York, or something that. That had a uh, necktie visible, you know, totally dependent on the department. But uh, the, the policing has moved away from this sort of graceful era of uh, more or less community oriented customer service agents who were able to kill when it was absolutely necessary to uh, keep public order and protect life. Uh, to now, police are, are more, they tend to look more slovenly. Uh, some cases they actually look rather brutish, if not thuggish, and it's men and women doing this. It's not just one sex or the other. Uh, so it, it's it, there's been a general decline, I think, in the in the appearance based uh, and even temperamental standards of officers. Uh, they, they definitely today it's interesting they become much more militarized uh, and much less approachable in their appearance, but uh, they're more afraid to use deadly force. So it, it's this bizarre paradox, and I think that's something else. Anything to say, Halsey? Before I bring up something different. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just agree with you. Like, women as cops are whores, and <laughs> it, it sucks they're treated that way. But you know what? Like, it's the world we live in. 
I, I, I definitely do not think field police officers are horse halsey is just joking around, just uh, disavow that statement. Anyway, talking about what actually talking about something with with this with this woman, I am, I guess I shouldn't say shocked, but it's it's just disappointing to me that all these men were willing to throw away their jobs uh, and uh, presumably any romantic relationship they'd be in, whether it's a marriage or not, for this gal. You know, period. It's not good what they were doing, period, under any circumstance. Even if she looked like Cindy Crawford in her prime, it still wouldn't have been acceptable. But this this, this Megan Hall was most certainly no Cindy Crawford, is most certainly no Cindy Crawford in her prime. Uh, and yet uh, these guys were willing to, you know, do these absolutely uh, unforgivable, basically, things uh, with her. Uh, and she was obviously willing to do it with them. So, I mean, I'm going by the internal investigation. I'm not going by claims she makes in a lawsuit after the fact. Obviously, I'm immensely skeptical of that. But, uh, Halsey, what do you think about these guys willing to basically uh, urinate their lives away for this gal who, to say the least, was never going to be a Wilhelmina model? Well, number one, I mean, I'm quite sure none of them believed they were going to get caught, or if they did, that anyone would care. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how... I mean, how how racist of a statement do you want me to make? Because I mean, <laughs> it's 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 true. Have you seen like the majority of women that like are into black dudes and that black dudes are into them? <laughs> like this chick was definitely a step up for most most of them. And hey, toll paid. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just it's it's the way that it goes. Like. Look, do I feel bad that those guys got fired? Not really. Like, uh, I mean, okay, so so they decided that instead of doing their their very simple bullshit job that they get, you know, 40 years salary and then a pension for uh, life from, plus overtime, plus all this, plus, you know, a decent work schedule, like they get all of this shit just to run around and and basically give people tickets. You know, like it's you're you're not putting it like all these people. Oh, I put my life on the line every day. Like, no, you don't. I'm sorry. Like, like the number of cops that get killed are like very, very small, and it's it's not a very dangerous job. Like, yes, is it more dangerous than I don't know working at McDonald's? Maybe. You know, it depends where the McDonald's is. But I'm just saying that like they had a very simple job to do: show up, do your job, and go home. Don't try to bang the the secretary you know just because she's down and her husband's a cuck like like if if you decide that that's cool for work then you've decided that like you can see yourself out if you get caught it's just it's just the way that life is so sorry yeah i i think that uh, i mean obviously she was shagging the whole billboard basically uh it wasn't just uh men of a certain race she was with so different guys were willing to, to throw themselves away over this very unattractive gal to me it's it's rather stunning they had to know given that they work especially for a public agency uh where there's uh, more oversight in many cases than in the private sector although thankfully there is more and more oversight to prevent this sort of thing in the private sector uh but uh th these guys would have had to have known you think that there's a good chance they would get busted and something else interesting that this happened in a in a small city i was gonna say a small town but technically it's a city although it might as well be a town uh in a very conservative area and we hear a lot of course you know halsey and i are not on the left that that's obvious although he's obviously more to the right than i am but uh, neither of us are lefties 
But it's interesting this happened in such a conservative area where a lot of people think, well, you know, this Christian community of wholesome values, all this bullshit, uh, that this sort of thing wouldn't happen there. But of course it did. Uh, it's the sort of thing you expect to see happening in Baltimore, basically. Uh, but it happened in this, uh, in this area that's uh, blood red, politically speaking. And uh, it kind of goes to show that what a lot of uh, Republicans and conservatives like to think are these issues of the woke left are bleeding into the American heartland. You know, where this happened in Tennessee, to me, sure sounds like the heartland. I mean, Halsey and I are from uh, the East Coast. Neither one of us are what you would call uh, middle Americans. But all the same, uh, these, the, the, uh, this, this was definitely a middle American uh, a crisis, and it still is because this lawsuit goes on. Uh, but Look, uh, I don't know. I don't know about the demographics of that town, but the demographics of the people she was having sex with suggest it wasn't the most blood red town on earth. Like, I, I yes, I know that supposedly like places like Alabama and Mississippi and Tennessee are like blood red, but they're also like thirty percent black, which are deep, deep blue. So if you're if you're in a town with a significant black population, I'm not saying like one thing or the other. It it you're probably not in the reddest area. Like you're probably already in a, a decently blue area. It's 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 a it's in a conservative county. Uh, what are what are the demographics of the city? Let me look that up. They have to be here. Uh, if, uh, let's see. It is fairly diverse. I will say whites are the plurality, however, by almost twenty points. So it's not. Baltimore, uh, and it is in, in a county that, that that that's quite conservative. What did that county vote for uh, for Trump? Uh, yeah, voted for Trump by about uh, fifteen points. So yeah, it's not. Uh, it, it, this is definitely an issue of something that people would expect in, in blue America coming into red America. I think a lot of people today who are conservative have sort of an overestimated view of the public morality that they're trying to impose on on, uh, on people through public policy. Uh, and it, it's rather interesting that it, perhaps they don't realize that the problems that are real problems, by the way, I'm not saying they aren't, that one would find in Philly or Baltimore or Detroit or wherever uh, can be present in East Jesus, Alabama or Tennessee or Mississippi or who knows where. Well, I mean, that's also a problem, uh, obviously, that, that I've had with the conservative movement in general. Mm -hmm. The religious right does not mean you're conservative. It means that you hold certain social conservative principles like, you know, you don't want porn in public, which I don't want either. Or you, you know, you are against abortion or things like that. So but that doesn't mean that you're like on, on the right in terms of you want small government and maximum freedom. In, in that aspect, they're just as bad as the left, if not worse, like. They want government social control over the population. They just want it along religious lines as opposed to along like transvestite lines. Mm -hmm. But but their their philosophies are very similar. Mm -hmm. So like just because they voted overwhelmingly for Trump, like Trump isn't that conservative. Like he has conservative ideals on mm -hmm. certain things. Absolutely. But in the end, he's a statist just like most most other people in government these days. So the fact this place voted 15% for Trump doesn't tell me that it's a conservative area. It tells me that it's an area that believes in, in Bolshevik conservative as we see as we see it now. Now, this is a great segue into the next aspect of our discussion. There is a push on the right, and you're seeing it at the state level principally, but soon, of course, it'll be at the federal level 
to give financial incentives to people to have kids. It can be tax credits, which is to say uh, people get money from the government, which other people have to pay for. Uh, taxes will have to go up to uh, finance the credits at some point. Uh, then there are also tax breaks for families in some cases. I know one's being promoted in Texas, where if you have a certain number of kids, uh, you eventually wouldn't pay any uh, property taxes at all. But of course, property taxes will then have to go up on people who don't have kids in order to pay for the shortfall. So uh, there is a lot of stuff going on in the U.S. now where the Republican Party is becoming more like the Democrats, where they traditionally on the Democratic side were in favor of paying people to have kids. That's the whole, well, not the whole, but it's a big premise uh, behind the great society of LBJ. And that completely destroyed the inner city family unit or near completely destroyed it. Uh, so now you're seeing this absolutely parasitic, destructive perspective uh, ooze its way onto the right, sort of like, you know, uh, AIDS spreading throughout a certain population. And uh, it's, it's, or HIV, which would become AIDS. But uh, it, it's really, uh, it's really uh, terrible, terrible to see. Uh, because it, when you, when the government pays people to have kids, when it pays parents who are not ready to raise children, uh, to, to have them anyway, uh, bad things take place. The kids grow up expecting the government to take care of them. The parents become very careless about not just their, uh, whether or not they'll have any more kids, but any facet of their life, because they think if the government takes care of them in such a foundational aspect as childbirth, then, you know, it can do a lot of other things. And eventually this uh, army of freeloaders uh, on the public dole, uh, it, it winds up uh, crashing an economy or at least creating a situation where the economy is not as dynamic innovative and functional as it would be otherwise and see the right doing this is really disgusting it, it, it's act, it, 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 it makes me feel sick uh and they're getting the idea for this i think from hungary and especially poland where there are it's especially poland where there, there's basically ubi for families but it's like people on the american right don't understand that the demographics are very different between here and Central or Eastern Europe. Uh, and you cannot get the same results you get in Central or Eastern Europe with uh, certain policies if you just bring those policies stateside. It does not function that way because the demographics are different uh, and demographics are destiny. So it's really uh, fascinating to see so much ignorance. Uh, I, it's actually so crazy that maybe these people aren't ignorant. They might just be doing something malicious. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Halsey? Are you there, Halsey? I can't hear you. Oh, my bad. I didn't have my mic on. No worries. Um, it's, listen, I've seen you tweeting about this. It's not that I necessarily disagree with you. It's just that, number one, almost all of our, our tax dollars, or, or at least our local tax dollars, already go to families with kids. Why? Because 90% of your property taxes go to schools. Hmm. So you're already subsidizing families as opposed to, you know, better roads or, or newer bridges or anything, because that's not where your property taxes are going. Secondly, if you take the same logic, they'll say, well, if you have a good school system, you, you attract the right families. If you attract the right families, your property values go up. So it's worth it to use the property, uh, the property taxes for good, better schools. That's the, the thinking. I don't agree, but it's, it's the thinking. The thinking could be the same for families is that if you encourage people to have more kids, They'll have more families. They'll create better suburbs, create better schools, create better property values. Here's the problem. And this is a problem all around. Number one, trying to be like Hungary is very silly. It's it's a different country. It has a whole different thing. And I know conservatives are, are, are struggling. 
They're they're praying, they're looking every nook and cranny throughout the world for a model of how people exactly. will like them. Precisely. You know, and 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 they're thinking, well, in Hungary, people like Viktor Orban. So maybe we should start implementing policies that Viktor Orban would do. Number one, the policy he implemented in Hungary, which is, I believe if you have two kids, you don't pay any property taxes or you don't pay any income taxes yeah, for a while. Correct. Yeah. And if you have four kids, you don't ever pay income tax again. Yeah. Number one, a woman that has four kids, trust me, she's not paying that much income tax <laughs> in the first place. And it doesn't translate to her husband. Okay. Correct. So, okay. So you're saving a tiny little bit of money. Secondly, he's had this policy now for, I think, like 10 years. It's done nothing. Yeah. Like, like there was already an increase in, in the fertility rate in Hungary to begin with before he implemented this. It hasn't, like, dramatically gone up. And they're still below replacement level. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like this has been a dashing success. But when you look at the American experience in getting the government involved in anything. So, okay. The Democrats will fight this because they don't want to subsidize the people who are having kids. But on the inside, they're happy as hell at this. Because right now, if let's say they pass all of this on the idea that we're going to encourage people to have more kids and bigger families, immediately single mothers are going to demand their share. Because oh, why, why do I have to be married in order to get this money? Right? Mm -hmm. And... As far as the Constitution, like you won't find many courts that won't agree. Why? Why are we only? They'll say, why are we only subsidizing male, female, married couples exactly. who have children when you can't even say that's the majority of couples or people having children these days anyway? In fact, the majority of people having babies are single mothers. Mm -hmm. So okay, so now we're subsidizing single mothers. So now we're giving even more incentive. For women not to marry the man because now instead of getting all the money and all the gibbs now they're going to get only some of the gibbs because now their husband's going to be able to take advantage of some of this shit too so we're all we're going to do is the same thing we've been doing by trying to subsidize poor people that have kids is we're going to subsidize and create more single mothers when when at the same time and it's, again it's, it's going back to a rant tfm talks about this all the time i talk about this all the time Women will tell you themselves, if you want to, to lower the birth rate, if you want to stop overpopulation, empower women. That's mm -hmm. how you do it. Mm -hmm. Women are now empowered. So there is nothing you are going to do as a government, short of taking women's rights away, that will in any way, shape, or form increase the fertility rate of your population. There's nothing you can do. There is no policy the government can implement Short of actually saying, if you're married and you stay married for 20 years and have four children and do X, Y, Z, we will then give you X amount of dollars. And that still probably wouldn't work, by the way. But the, short of that, you will never be able to encourage people to have kids they weren't going to already have. I think that, 
when it comes to this bizarre thing. I think the Democrats, first and foremost, would go along with these Republican proposals because they love policies that encourage people to have kids uh, on the public dime because that's how the Democrats shore up their base on a generational level. Uh, that's you know that was the whole premise of the Great Society. Uh, that it worked out brilliantly, as a matter of fact, uh, from LBJ's cold calculating but very accurate uh, political uh, point of view. Uh, so I, I think that the Democrats would be sad about this. As a matter of fact, the Democrats have their own terrible idea, which is in addition to increasing, you know, welfare payouts and completely, well, the whole welfare to work thing, which Clinton did, which was very good. He worked with the Republican Congress in limiting uh, federal grants for uh, assistance to, to needy families uh, so that there would be uh, a, uh, a limitation on how often you can get it uh, when you've had a certain number of kids. But uh, anyway, the, 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 that was actually undone uh, through executive order, basically during the Obama administration. So, you know, the, unfortunately, the good Clintonian bipartisan reform has long since been uh, discarded. Uh, but the Democrats want to see the situation made even worse. And they want what's called a baby bond, where every baby gets a $1,000 government bond and it's estimated that by the time they turn 18, it would mature to $37,000, uh, which, of course, would mean there would be massive, massive, massive inflation, $37,000 for every person who's bored. So the Democrats, I don't think, would be opposed to these terrible Republican ideas at all, because the Democrats have their own horrendous ideas. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, the only way to finance this is by raising taxes to the point that the economy becomes stagnant or, you know, it's it much more likely uh, crumbles or, you know, print so much money that inflation uh, spirals uh, way, way out of control. So, I mean, you're looking at something terrible here either way. And it's a pity to see both parties going down this road. But Halsey, uh, Americans, uh, uh, American conservative or Republican, everyone to call them politicians, should at least have some basic grasp of economics to understand that what they're promoting here is not going to work out as intended. I would expect the Democrats to be in favor of this because they're Democrats. But uh, the Republicans, I expect more from when it comes to at least quasi-basic economic literacy. Uh, what do you think about the situation? Well, I mean, first, let me correct you on two things. When when LBJ signed that law into, into being, his first comments weren't like, oh, wow, this is going to help so many people. His first comment was, this will keep those N-words voting Democrat for the that's next That's literally what he said. That's I know. Um, that's why, I, that's why I used the yep. term. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. And Clinton, Clinton didn't work with Republicans. Clinton was a master at this. And I still give him credit for this to this day. When Newt Gingrich got arrested, it was uh, arrested, elected. Mm -hmm. It was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to Clinton mm -hmm. because all he could do before Gingrich got elected was try to piggyback off of shit that Hillary did and all of that, or the Democratic Congress, which was politically suicidal for him. Mm -hmm. Once Gingrich got arrested, he just let them do whatever he wanted and just took credit for it. So he just demonized them for whatever they want. But as soon as they passed it, he signed almost all of it. Yeah, He, he hardly vetoed anything. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was brilliant because he could get away with all of the success of the Gingrich revolution and claim it for himself. You know, like, I mean, what, what Democrat gets up in front of the entire country and says the era of big government is over? Uh -huh. You know, I mean, he he knew what he was doing. He was a masterful politician. Absolutely. Just the fact that he was a scumbag means very little. They're all scumbags. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying he was a masterful politician. Mm -hmm. But yes, Democrats love status policies because they know sooner or later they're going to be able to turn it into their favor. Certainly. If not having it in their favor to begin with. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not even talking about the equity shit. I'm not talking about diversity. I'm not talking about any of that. In this country, our legal system is based on equality under law, due process. You can't institute a program that rewards some people for something, but leaves other people out for the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. You can't subsidize couples having babies and leave out the non-couples having babies. Uh And the couples having babies, I promise you, we're planning to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. The tax incentive means it's not like there's somebody, some couple out there that has two kids and they're like, Oh, I'm so glad that that government started fucking paying us to have more kids. Now we can have three or four more. Like it doesn't work that way. If they were going to have 10 kids, it wouldn't matter whether the government gave them a penny or not, you Mm -hmm. know, and just the opposite. Someone who is not planning to have kids but gets pregnant anyway and doesn't have an abortion, which is, what, 90% of single mothers? Remember, this is also going on in Texas where they've now basically made abortion illegal. Uh-huh. Who do you think is getting these subsidies? Like, Do you really exactly. think this is going to families? Like, All these women who are now not allowed to get abortions and can't fly to California to get one, like, those are the people who they're going to subsidize. They're going to be subsidizing a rash of single mothers, which is way worse for society. 100%. Than just leaving the fucking thing alone. Because, you know, it's, 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 I don't think it's that they don't understand economics. I don't think it's believe they believe these things will work. They're desperately searching and hoping and praying with, with the the power of a thousand sons that they can find some way that people will like them. Because they're just so unliked right now. And the, to stumble on this and say, this is this is going to be the thing. Is it going to screw up the country worse? It probably will have no real bearing. Because single mothers are already having kids like crazy and being subsidized for them. Adding more subsidies is not going to make them have more babies. They're just going to have probably the same amount. But at the same time, it's not going to do anything to, to help families that are, are making babies. Now, here's an interesting question, Halsey. It's not about economics, but it's it's about something which uh, relates to ongoing economic phenomena for sure. In a lot of Republican rural areas, one finds uh, a very high rates of bastardy, almost like what you'd find in the inner city, which is obviously very likely to be Democratic. Uh, and a lot of Republicans at the same time look down on the inner city as this, you know, sewer of immorality, but the same garbage, a lot of it, uh, not all of it, but uh, certainly in terms of reproduction, a lot of the same garbage is going on in these very rural areas that are much more religious. Uh, how do you think that, why do you think that a lot of Republicans then still have this haughty perspective over, you know, the blue cities when it comes to these moral issues, when a lot of the same stuff is going on in these Republican areas? And once again, I say this as a lifelong Republican. Because conservatives would much rather their degeneracy be kept behind closet doors. It's just the truth of it, and it sucks, but it is the truth of it. Okay, like I went to college in Alabama, and yes, I understand that college towns are more lefty than typical towns. But I don't believe I met a single female virgin the whole time I was there, and none of them came from that college town, like maybe one. So it's it's not like these church-going towns are bastions of morality. You know, it's just that they're not so open about it, you know? And I, I I think, truth be told, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for a society that even if you're going to be a completely degenerate society, 
that if you keep it behind closed doors, like people shouldn't question what you're doing behind closed doors. If you want to go behind closed doors and, and be the biggest whore that ever existed or, you know, do whatever it is that you want, like, I don't really care. It's just, it's just like I said about the tranny thing. If you want to cut your dick off and call yourself Charlotte, I, I could really care less. Like, I really could, you know, but the minute that you start demanding that I have to start referring to you by certain pronouns and like you start appearing in, in beauty pageants, claiming to be a chick and swimming against people that are like, that are biological females. Like now you've forced me to have an opinion on whether you cut your dick off and call yourself Charlotte. Because while originally I was very tolerant, I really could have cared less what you wanted to do. Like if I was walking down the street and someone pointed someone out and they said, oh, check out that chick and she has a beard. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, stone it to death. I wouldn't even care. But now the idea that they're weaponizing it against society, against children and against everybody. Now I have to have an opinion on it because I can't I don't want this for the society I live in. I don't want parents losing their children to whacked out school teachers who are promoting political agendas and like transing kids. Now, now you forced me to have, and my, my opinion now is absolute no tolerance. Like I do not believe in tolerance anymore. I do. And, and you know why? Cause you forced me to have an opinion on, it. you know, I don't, I don't care about what you do behind your closed doors. And if you had left it that way, I'd be fine with it. It's just like Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade passed, and what did what did the court say? And if you look at it, it's actually quite brilliant. What goes on between you and your health provider is between you and your health uh, provider, and your health provider and you should have no interference from the government uh. or from anyone else. And it took them about four nanoseconds to go from what's between you and your health provider stays between you and your health provider to I have to pay for it. Uh. Okay? And once I have to pay for it, now I have an opinion on it. And if, and if you don't expect, you can't tell me, no, it's a women's issue. Well, then fine, fucking pay for it yourself. If you want to pay for it yourself, I don't care. If you want to go murder your babies and do whatever it is, I don't care. It makes no difference to me. You want to go have abortions, knock yourself out, go hoover your vagina until it falls out of your body for all I give a fuck. Uh -huh. But now you want me to pay for it. You want me to subsidize the organizations that are providing it. You want me to educate children that this is now open to them for them to have them and whatever. Now I have an opinion and you have to accept my opinion because you're accepting my money, you know, and, and they can't do it. The left are the right are pretty bad, too, but the left are incapable of it. Once someone tells them that they're free to do what they want, they can't help but go. Now that I'm free for, for to do what I want, you have to fucking pay for it. And, and then they get pissed when we give an opinion about it. Fuck you, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's how it goes. You know, like, no, sorry, doesn't work that way. I, I was going, I, there's a lot of things to say, but when it comes to abortion, I am in favor of taxpayer funded abortion for the first three months, or at least for the first nine weeks until uh, the pill no longer works. I think the pill should be available, uh, hopefully, one day over the counter. It's like, like plan B, because it is such a societal good considering who gets the abortions and uh, how that relates to a society uh, relieved of the presence of uh, a certain ilk. Uh, I, people should read the book Freakonomics to understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Just so because, you know that economically that has basically been refuted. Some and people it's, and it's, it. But it's been refuted by the, by the author. Like the author even said that the, the numbers don't play out over time. With regards to economics or violent crime? 
with the violent crime of the people that would have been awarded. So the numbers don't play out over time. He, he did a whole podcast on it that someone sent me and I listened to it. I will check that out. It was pretty solid to me. I read it coming and going. It, it, it's still solid. It it's just not, it's not like as concrete as it seemed. It seemed like it was such an obvious truth. Uh-huh. It wasn't so obvious when all well, was said and done. I think we can say what is obvious uh, is that if not for abortion, demographically speaking, uh, the GOP would be absolutely doomed given who gets the abortions. And uh, economically, uh, there would be such an army of people who are dependent upon the government that uh, the economy would be uh, completely uh, shot by now. Uh, You'd be talking about hundreds of millions of people here who would have been raised, uh, in most cases, from the cradle uh, on public assistance. This would come the wake of the Great Society, obviously. And uh, it would have been an absolute nightmare. And there would be uh, an insane situation, socially, politically, and economically. It definitely would not be a country worth living in if not for abortion. So I am in favor of it, at least for the first uh, nine weeks. Uh, now, Roe v. Wade, interestingly, only pertained to the first uh three months. That's the way it started. But then obviously the inch was given and the mile was taken and eventually wound up with all the stuff about partial birth abortion. And that's, you know, gave certainly the anti-abortion lobby its uh, its opportunity to say, oh, all abortions are like, you know, a 28-week-year-old fetus getting the axe. And you know, it's crazy, but uh, the, the left absolutely did. Uh, it, it was given an inch and it took a mile and that was very bad. It should have always just been the first three months and that was it. Uh, abortion up to 12 weeks uh, and not beyond them unless it's to deal with a rape or incest related pregnancy or something that pertains to the health of the mother. Uh, and that's not an unreasonable point of view, uh, but uh, banning it is. Now, Halsey, uh, before we do get back to economics, why do you think so many uh, Republicans are going crazy now about banning abortion, even though what they're doing is profoundly unpopular outside of a certain element of the GOP base? It's not even all of the GOP base, just a certain element of it that's basically orgasmic over anti-abortion public policy. For the same reason that the left is orgasmic about gay and tranny policy, it's something they've wanted forever. Uh-huh. Like, this has been something the right has uh, the right, like that. Let's just say Christian conservatives, uh-huh. they uh-huh. have wanted this forever, uh-huh. right? So now they got it, they, they got what they've wanted forever. They don't care that people who have disagreed with them have always disagreed with them and still disagree with them. Uh And they believe, stupidly, that this is going to in some way shift the Overton window back to the right. It's not. Mm -hmm. Okay, if anything, it's made the issue worse. Because now all those people that were kind of on the fence, like, you know what? I think abortion sucks, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to see it be made illegal. I don't want, I don't want, you know, I don't think many people believe the stupid, the stupid stuff about, um, like that, that, and, and scop and cop, I forgot the word, and copic pregnancies are, are ectopic like, pregnancies. Yeah. Like every single abortion law makes an, an exception. First of all, it's not even an abortion that they give. It's, it's it, the, of the fetus, the fetus never made it to the uterus. So it's fine. But it doesn't matter. No one's stopping those those treatments. No one's stopping them from evacuating a womb when a child is dead in the womb to avoid the mother getting deadly infections. Like, no one's doing any of that. And no one's buying it either. That, like, oh, now that we the Roe v. Wade has been overturned, this is going to be a rash of women with, you know, big infected uteruses that are going to kill them because of dead babies in their uterus. 
No, no one's no one's into that. Most people are like, yeah, abortion kind of sucks, but you know, if they're gonna do it, okay. Like may, maybe we should talk about how to like make this more reasonable or whatever it is. Like we shouldn't be aborting people babies the day after they're born, but we shouldn't be coveting them as full lives 24 hours after they're conceived either. So the conversation that everybody hoped would be would happen has done nothing but made the extremes more extreme and has made the middle less of the middle. And now the Overton window on this subject is shifting wildly to the left mm -hmm. to the point where like the people that say, well, I'll never vote for a pro-choice politician. Really? You all voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. And and so, sorry, like I don't buy your bullshit. Like you can talk all you want about how it's murder and, you know, whatever. All of you voted for Trump. He, Everyone knows he's pro-choice. Uh -huh. You know, he's openly saying it now, like, oh, they're they're losing because they, they did this. The, the and he's right, obviously. He is right. But the thing is, nobody cares. Nobody cares whether he's right or wrong. Like, people have their own things. Like, my thing is the Second Amendment. I wouldn't, like, people say it to me all the time. Are you saying there shouldn't be a background check before somebody buys a, a rocket launcher? <laughs> yes, I do believe that. <laughs> I am perfectly okay with that. And people are like, oh, well, then you're you're crazy on the subject. Have I ever claimed not to be? <laughs> like, I, I I don't get this idea that like when I tell you I absolutely believe in the people's right to bear uh -huh. arms and believe shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. But 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 no no buts. There's no fringe case that you're going to give me that I'm going to to, to go. Well, you got me. We should have a law against that. So when you say to me, yeah, but what about? the schizophrenic who mm -hmm. escapes from the mental institution mm -hmm. and then goes to NORAD and buys a Minuteman three intercontinental nuclear ballistic missile. Sure. <laughs> you know what? If, if he's capable of escaping the mental institution, getting to NORAD, procuring the six, $7 billion that it would cost to buy one and knowing how to use it, he probably didn't belong there in the first place. Okay, because he seems pretty with it to me. If he can do all of that, I don't care. Shall not be infringed. I'm fine with it. You know, and then people say, oh, do you want Bill Gates having a nuclear missile? I don't particularly care because I don't think he's shooting it at anybody, just like Kim Jong-un doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because if Bill Gates tried to shoot it at, let's say, I don't know, Idaho, to, to prove a point that, he, that you're going to take the vaccine whether you like it or not. <laughs> Guess what? Other people will still nuke him, just like they would nuke Kim Jong-un. I, I don't have a problem with any of this. And then people, but what about the background checks? It's not like they work. Come on. Like, I mean, while yes, it's true, many, 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 many of the, most of the cases of all these mass shooters and these crazy people, they didn't get their guns legally. But the ones that did didn't have a problem. And all of them had encounters with the cops and everybody thought they were weirdos and they posted on social media for months that like it would be great to murder people and they still got guns, you know? So guess what? I'd rather arm the people that, that could fight those people off. I'm fine with it. Perfectly fine with it. You know? Yeah. But what if we don't have safe storage or uh, if, if the magazines, this, I don't care. I, I believe the founders had a good point. Shall not be infringed. If you want to challenge me on it, change the Constitution. There is an amendment process. You can go through it. I will accept the results of it. If you can call a constitutional convention 
and nullify the Second Amendment. That's what we all signed on to. But until you can, stop trying to pass these stupid bullshit laws. And and I'm the same way with, with the abortion. Like when someone says to me, I don't believe abortion should ever be legal. I think that the moment a sperm cell hits an egg cell, that if you decide to take the plan B pill, that you've now committed murder and should be given the death penalty. Okay, crazy person. Like, that's fine, but that's your thing. If you believe that, go pass a law. Knock yourself out. Go make a constitutional amendment. Do whatever it is you want. But, but, but stop it with this idea that everybody agrees with you. Everybody wants this. Every No, everybody doesn't know what they want for dinner. That's true. If if you told an entire town we're giving you free pizza for dinner, there would still be a sizable minority of people that would be like, "Oh fuck that!" Absolutely. And there'd probably be a sizable minority that would go pepperoni or sausage, uh-huh. or whatever it may be. Like, you're never going to get people to agree, especially extremists. This idea that we're now going to find the middle by acting more extreme is a little stupid. Uh, more than a little stupid. No, I agree entirely. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, now, I mean, it's so hard to even begin to try to decipher this, but do you think that people who are on the Christian right or who just really hate abortion, do you think they understand the demographic issues here politically, economically, <coughs> socially, in other ways? Uh, or do you think that they don't care? Where do you think they're coming from on this? Do you think it's just like some thing that goes beyond anything demographics uh, related for them? You know, demographics, as I said before, are destiny. What do you think is going on here, Halsey? I don't think they give it much thought. Uh, like, I, I think, and listen, me and you may may spend a lot of time talking about demographics and, and whatever it may be. I don't think most people think like that. I, I don't think that most people go to bed at night thinking about demographics. You know, I don't think that people go, oh, well, if we ban abortion, you know, there's going to be all these more blackies around or any of that. Like, I don't think that they think like that. I, I think that, that they're very tunnel vision. In that if we stop abortions, we will commit less murders as a society and things will be better. Yes, I think that when they dis- when they figure out they live in South Africa after 20 years that they're going to go, holy shit, that was a really bad idea. But then how do you how do you unfuck the horse? <laughs> like at, at that like at that point, like at what point do you go like, OK, so this was a bad idea. I think we should re-legalize abortion. They're going to be like, why would that be? Would that be because we went from a 60% white majority to a 60% black minority majority in 10 years? Well, maybe, you know, like, come on now. Like, we know what's going to happen. So, oh, well. Yeah, it's interesting because I always avoid making a racial argument when I talk about demographics. And I, the people who are on the anti-abortion side of the first say, oh, Joseph's actually being racist, Jim Crow, blah, blah, blah. And I'm never even saying anything like that. But uh, I, my demographic argument was non-racial, but Halsey certainly brings the racial angle into this that a lot of anti-abortion folks have on their mind. Uh, and uh, he, he, it's interesting because these people you talk, I mean, we, Halsey and I are very much not fans of the woke left. But uh, woke lefties talk to me less about racism and racial prejudice than anti-abortion quote-unquote conservatives do uh, because whenever you bring up abortion with them and the uh, ramifications of it, 
when you do that, at least in my case, uh, in most cases, uh, from what I have seen, they go, oh, racist, oh, this, oh, that. Meanwhile, you weren't even talking about race. But they infer it, and they get so fanatical. They sound just like the woke lefties when you try to talk to the woke lefties about the outcome of public policy. They say, racist, uh, bigot, this, that. Uh, the quote-unquote uh, conservative Christians do the same stuff. Uh, it's interesting that they're both very, very similar, these groups, in so many ways. It's not just that they're similar. They're identical. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's yes, I agree, but the idea that there's no racial aspect to this is just the unspoken part. <laughs> like, of course, like, do am, am I pro-life? Yeah, I don't, I think abortion's murder. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to say it. Like, I've always said that. I just don't particularly care about the people that are having them. Like, like I'm okay with that. Like if they're probably going to murder their baby sooner or later, anything, or at least like cut their dicks off and like stuff like that. So I don't really care. And, and I don't want to live in that level of demographic, you know, like I, I don't want another 800,000 ghetto rats being born every year. And Oh, well, like what I do, why do I have to be upset to admit that? Like, if if you told them that, like, if, if, if we did this or this or this, there'd be 800 more trailer parks in their neighborhood, what, do you think they're going to start turning cartwheels with happiness? <laughs> like, of course not. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh-huh. it's just the way that it is. It's not a racial statement. It's a statement that, you know what, maybe single mothers aren't the best thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what race they are, because I think white single mothers are just as bad as black single mothers. Mm-hmm. And I don't want any more of them. Just because it would create more black single mothers, it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care. I just don't like single mothers. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a death sentence for a society. And I think I that's agree. exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, no, we need to fight this battle on moral grounds, like, yeah, fuck your morals. I'm really, t- I'm, I'm done with the moral arguments. Mm-hmm. Because the moral arguments are always the kingdom of heaven arguments. Exactly. You know? And it's 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 obnoxious. Like, no, if if we're we're only going to fight this war honorably and by the rules and and all of this, we're not going to break any. We're not going to do anything immoral to keep Jerusalem. Well, okay, that's great. You have your morals, but everybody died. You lost Jerusalem anyway, and you were expelled to France, where you're now a peasant. Like I'm so glad that at least you can sleep at night, because the the hundreds of thousands of people that just got hacked to death by Saladin invading Jerusalem. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're not sleeping at night because they're all dead mm-hmm. because you had your morals. So uh, stop making moral arguments to me. I, I really could let, could care less. Like, I'm just, I'm done. I said that to Syrian girl when we got, she was blown away because she thought her whole debate strategy would uh-huh. be that she was taking the moral high ground. Uh-huh. And I kept saying to her, I don't give a fuck about your moral high ground. I really don't. And she's like, well, it's more moral that the Arabs control this part of the Middle East. And I'm like, okay, so let them take it. If not, they'll die. And then and then we can talk about morals again. Yeah, but that, that there, there's no how, – how can you claim to have the high ground? I don't. That's what I kept telling her. I don't. I don't want the moral high ground. I want to win. Like if, if you're telling me that, the, that the, the options are the moral high ground and lose – or the non-moral high ground and win, I will take the non-moral high ground and win every single time and twice on Saturday. So seriously, like, stop making this argument that you think you have some moral advantage over me. Moral arguments lose. So go fuck yourself. I don't care. 
And it blew her away. She didn't know what to say. Like she kept going, because she, she thought that this would be the easiest argument to make. Is that, oh no, I have the moral high ground. Well, fuck you and your moral high ground. I don't care. You know, like what? Am I supposed to give up a country because you have a moral high ground? Take your moral high ground, shove it up your ass, and here's a bullet to go with it. <laughs> you know, like I don't really care. So it's it's really it, it it's weird to hear people make these moral arguments. I, I I was going to say that when it comes to this morality stuff about the Middle East, it's interesting because I used to be very interested in finding an equitable solution for uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis when it comes to obviously the two-state saga. Uh, but eventually I just decided that as a practical matter, I cared about the Israeli side more. And I would rather that uh, a great deal of the Middle East be uh, a safe haven for Jews. And that to me was the most important thing here. Uh, and it still is. So yeah, that the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, morality is important, but one has to be practical. And at the end of the day, if there's a situation where it's a zero-sum game, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, uh, and you want to win, uh, you know, you have to admit that you want to win and uh, strategize accordingly. But people have said that to me about, listen, I'm not a warmonger in the slightest. If you told me the only country, which which is funny because I totally disagreed with you on Twitter about this, the only country that I would support a war with right now is Mexico. That's it. Other than that, I don't want wars with anybody. I am perfectly fine with us not fighting any wars. But if we are going to fight a war, nuke them. I don't give it like, I think this idea of fighting these slow bleeding wars where everybody just keeps getting hurt and, and nothing happens and the pain just gets spread out over 20 years and costs trillions of dollars. I think this is the stupidest form of war that our society could have ever devised. Like, yes, I understand nuking Afghanistan wouldn't have done anything because it probably would have looked better after we were done. But there was no reason to stay there in the first place. We were never going to make it better. And everyone knew it. It's not like there was this huge contingency of Americans that were like, you know, when we live in Afghanistan, it's going to be the new France. It's going to be beautiful and have top-notch universities and spawn new technologies and new and new IT things that we've never heard of. No one believed that. Like, basically, our goal was like, okay, maybe when we leave, they won't use people's heads to play soccer, you know, that, that violated like the, the, um, the chivalry police or something like that. Like that was our goal of spending $20 trillion or whatever it was and, and 20 years in, in Afghanistan. So if we're going to fight a war, I don't believe in morals in war. I just say destroy whatever you have to destroy to make the war stop, to make it that the war is over. But other than that, I'm not a warmonger. I don't want to go to war with anybody. But don't start telling me about our morals in war once we do go to war. All morals do is ensure more people die. What do you suppose will come ultimately of American conservatism, considering the trajectory it's on, well, ultimately is a bit much because, you know, uh, who can look uh, look several generations down the road? But say in uh, 10 years' time, where do you expect it to be? 10 years' time, it will mm -hmm. look exactly like the Democrats look right now. That's really? where it'll be. Because that's all that conservatism is anymore, is that is that we're 10 years behind the Democrats. Like, remember when every Republican was against gay marriage? And then the Supreme Court legalized it and nobody gave a shit anymore. Mm -hmm. Like this moral crusade of we will never, ever, 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 ever recognize gay marriage 
just became a giant nothing burger like the mm -hmm. day after it came out. Yep. And remember how like we were so opposed to, to transgenderism and all of this, but now Lady MAGA shows up to like CPAC and you know, like all we like now we're, we're fine with transgenderism as long as they don't trans the kids, you know, like, no, we're completely fine with like transgenders being Republicans and, you know, doing all this weird shit, but just stop transing the kids because after all, Cutting your dick off is something that you only could do once you reach 16 or 17 or 18 or whatever age they, they want them to do it. Like, that's what's happening. Like, if you'll notice, all Republican bills are basically about investigating and screwing over Democrats, which I'm fine with. I don't care. It gives them something to do. Mm -hmm. Or in some way, spending more money to pay off some kind of demographic that will will vote for them, hopefully. Like, that's that's all Republicans stand for. They have no morals. They have no. They have absolutely no idea what's go good or bad for the country. They have. They don't take a stand on anything that matters anymore. Nothing. You know. Remember how they were so pro Second Amendment. You could never ever find a more pro Second Amendment group than the Republican Party. And then Biden puts up a a two A bill, and the Republicans let him pass it. They figured out a way. You know why not? Because they don't actually care. They really but don't. But now the Republicans have kept up this anti-abortion stuff, even to their immense electoral detriment. And it does look like they're going to stop anytime soon. As a matter of fact, it looks to be accelerating. Uh, do you think they'll still keep this up, say, 10 years from now? Why? Do you think they really are keeping this up? I, I think don't. they certainly are at the state level. They keep passing these insane bills. And they're advocating for federal now, or limitations, if not bans as well. Number one, remember when Lindsey Graham committed the suicide bill right before the the yep. midterms about about doing abortions and all that how many people signed on to that two i think something like that yeah yeah like two so it shows you how much they cared at the time if they really thought that this was an electoral issue that was going to benefit them they sure didn't show it because you'd think they would have rallied behind it like uh, you know get behind us we're going to make sure that we do this secondly state politics has become a dumpster of the insane in most states, yeah. you know, because most states have no split legislature. They're either fully Republican or they're fully Democrat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you have one party rule, it favors the insane. Mm -hmm. Because the only way you're going to outplay a Republican in a Republican district that has no Democratic challengers is by being more insane than the person that's already elected. Because you can't pay, I'm more moderate than Mr. Moderate. It doesn't work that way. Like nobody cares. Then it just comes down to your personality and incumbency will beat personality every single time. Mm -hmm. So what they have to do is they have to come out and go, oh, see this guy? He supports abortion bans after 12 weeks and he wants to make it basically like only health related before 12 weeks. Me personally, I want to ban abortions by banning menstruation. <laughs> like if you have a period every month, You've now committed an abortion crime, which sends you to prison. And it's like, well, that's completely insane. Yes. What are you claiming that you don't stand for that? See, he's pro-choice. <laughs> like that, that's what happens at the state level now. Like even, even when you look at statewide elections, like they elected John Fetterman. Uh-huh. And there's oh, the no democratic side, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying there's no there's no serious movement to get him to resign. Like, like there's no move. There's no one in the Pennsylvania government that's like, listen, we have a serious problem here. We elected a guy 
that can't speak. He's incapable of it because he just had a stroke mm -hmm. and his brain doesn't work. And within two weeks of getting elected, he checked himself into the hospital for depression and hasn't come out yet. Like, we have a problem here. Like, no one is saying that. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, like, I think Bill Mitchell might have said it. And I think, like, maybe Tucker Carlson and a couple others. But there's no movement for this to, like, like this is really fucked up. We have to do something. Never will be. You're not going to see that anymore. Right now, we are in the grips of who can be the most insane in public and who can get away with it. And it's going to keep going until there's some form of collapse, until there's some form of thing that stops this. So you think polarization basically caused this, political polarization? It's not. No, it's political apathy that caused this. Political polarization is meaningless. Okay? Politi politics has always been polarized. There's always been Republicans and Democrats. Very few people liked getting along. Everybody, like, there are some people that were for compromise because they were okay with, with certain compromises being put out there. But now nobody wants to compromise because there's just not much to compromise on. You know, like, the most compromises now are one side giving and the other side taking, as opposed to meeting in the middle. It doesn't exist anymore. But, but the issue now is apathy. Like, most of the people that are on Twitter screaming 24 hours about politics, most of them don't vote. You can tell they don't vote because they don't care. That's why they change their opinion every 15 seconds because they don't actually care. Uh -huh. You know, like I guarantee you, they're not registering people to vote. Like, what's what's that the the gay kid's name that that works for the Republic goes and cleans up cities? Oh, you know, Scott Pressler. Yeah, he that guy. He's a machine. He's mm -hmm. out there registering Absolutely. people to vote every single day. Even though most of the people he's registering to vote would throw him in a meat grinder for the fact that he's openly gay, and he doesn't give a shit. He's a machine out there registering voters. I don't know anybody else who's doing it. None on mm -hmm. either side. You know, like, have, like, yes, people talk about how you all have to get out there and vote. No one's actually going out there and registering tons of voters, you know. So it's apathy now. Like now it's that we can all have an opinion, but none of us are going to do anything to change it. Mm -hmm. So this is just going to keep going because as of right now, both parties are committed to one thing and one thing only, which is spending us off the planet. Mm -hmm. That's all either side gives a shit about now is just spend, 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 spend. Because that's the only way that we're going to get people to like us is to give them free shit. And this this disaster is coming. Like, there's no way we can maintain this. The world won't even allow it anymore. They're not lending us money. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. This idea that, well, we're the reserve currency. We can do everything we want. No. You know, the most countries are aligning against us. They just haven't figured it all out yet. Once they do, once BRICS becomes a reality, mm -hmm. okay, with all the food, all the oil, all the labor, all the technology, when they all get together and form their own currency, what do we offer as a reserve currency at that point? Listen, we have lots of patents that nobody cares about. And and we're, we love buying shit on credit. You know, like, those are not enticing arguments anymore. Like, we can't even say, like, hey, we're a nice place to live. The train's exploding, dripping toxic chemicals all over the ground. Mm -hmm. All our water systems are all polluted and disgusting. Like, our country is fucked. We are so fucked. And, and nobody cares. It's the most astounding thing to see how little anybody actually cares. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you would think environmentalists who are the most radical on everything, right? They're so radical, they would spend... 
50 trillion dollars if you gave them the ability to tomorrow to fight climate change mm -hmm. but tell them that the water's polluted in jackson mississippi and you can't even find them uh -huh. they're not there protesting they're not there that throwing a fit they're not writing letters to congress or or or, or getting Antifa down there to start burning down courthouses. They're not doing any of that stuff when you can't drink the water, when we have to deliver bottled water to people to drink because the water system is too polluted. Same thing with Flint, Michigan, or wherever it may be. Ohio, like, do you really think that this toxic plume is just not bad for people? I'm sorry. Like, you can look at it. Your eyes are not that stupid. Like, listen, stage three carcinogens are leaking into the water supply, and they decided... The best way to deal with it was to light it on fire yeah. on purpose. They did uh, it on purpose. They saw the pool of toxic sludge and they were like, hey, you know what the best thing we can do? What's that? Somebody throw a match. <laughs> you know? Why? Because uh, we're going to burn it off. Yeah, I really don't think you're supposed to be burning this shit. It's okay, Earl. Just throw <laughs> the lighter. We'll, we'll deal with it later. Like, okay, brilliant. You know? No, but nobody cared. That's the point. It became a thing like, oh, they're going to use this to say bad things about Pete Buttgag or whatever his name is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is going to be horrible because they're going to say things about Pete Buttgag that are going to make him look bad. So we have to say that burning toxic sludge in the middle of civilian areas is actually a good thing. And it's Trump's fault. <laughs> like, like, that's what we have to do. You know, uh, like, no, this is going to keep going until finally... There'll probably be some level of balkanization, but I think we're more likely to see that people just stop caring. Like, like it'll be like South Africa, where, where like the electricity company, they just stop maintaining shit because there's no money to maintain it. Mm -hmm. So they'll just stop maintaining it and they'll go, okay, everything works now. We're all good. And then six months later, they'll be like, well, some of it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, they'll be like, yeah, most of it doesn't work. You know, maybe we should sell some of this shit off because it's not using it to transmit electricity anymore. You know, like, and then and then we'll we'll turn into South Africa. Why? What do you think more than anything else drives this apathy in America about very serious issues? Because everyone knows there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. There, it's it's always been that way, and anybody who's ever fought for the legalization of marijuana, anyone who's ever heard of civil asset forfeiture, anyone who's tried to do anything that we're supposedly this super awesome free country. And figured out they weren't allowed to do it for whatever stupid reason it was. Realized that like there's really not much. Like you hear about these stories about people that take a case all the way to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that they paid something like $800,000 from mm -hmm. the time the lawsuit was filed to get it to the Supreme Court. And mm -hmm. even when the Supreme Court ruled in their favor, they didn't get any restitution for it. They're still bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, the, the law changed a tiny little bit. But guess what? The next day they pass a law that was almost identical and just changed another couple words. And now mm -hmm. it's up to someone else to spend $800,000 in five years to get it all the way to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think people believe, and, and they're right, that there's just nothing you can do about it. That, like you could tell, <clears throat> better example, right? Go on Twitter and and try to, to correct someone who is so blatantly false about something that you just wonder how they can even say it with a straight face like someone like robert reich right the, like like someone like him who just makes shit up about economics all the time and makes up his own statistics he makes up all this stuff try to explain the right thing to him 
and see how pointless it is. See how little he gives a fuck about anything you have to say. Like, same thing with any of these these people. And it's the same thing with, with MAGA Republicans. They're just as bad. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell them, like, you know, Trump really didn't do all that much while he was in office. They'll be like, what are you talking about? He changed everything. The country has forever altered it for the better because of Trump. Really? What did he do? Like, yeah, I agree. Talk about issues that were kind of important. But he didn't actually do anything about it. He really couldn't. Like, he didn't really have any power to do anything. Yeah, but the, the entire country has changed. Oh, let me guess. Hillary Clinton's in Gitmo, too, right? Like... We're we're not there anymore. Like we we don't like. I love the people with the oh, my constitution. Well, you know that's unconstitutional. The Ben Shapiro's and the uh-huh. you know all the oh, what they're doing is against the constitution. Like they care, like mm-hmm. they slightly care. They don't, and we don't. We're more than happy to go against the constitution when it suits our values. Uh, think about it. How often do Christians want to shut people up and and, and take the First Amendment and wipe their ass with it? Unfortunately, but if you do, yeah, and it's and it's sad, but they're the same ones that will claim, yeah, but the First Amendment says that you can't impinge on my right to be to do whatever I want religiously. Uh Well, last I saw, you were shoving some six year old's head in a box with a bunch of cobras to to show that God wasn't going to bite his face, (laughs) you know. And after forty seven bites, the kid dropped dead of massive (laughs) massive envenomation by by Uh cobras. Yeah, but that's my my First Amendment right to do my religion. (laughs) Really, is it? I don't think that anybody would agree with you. Oh, the Supreme Court would. And we're going to take it all the way there. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. There's such hypocrisy when it comes to constitutional issues. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's interesting because, I mean, but there's hypocrisy on both sides. Although the right tends to prize the Constitution more than the left does. Uh, but, of course, the left uses the Constitution opportunistically uh, when it, you know, whenever. Uh, but I think that what, what, this, what comes to mind is what a late, great libertarian friend of mine uh, said the Constitution blows with the wind. Uh, it means whatever essentially those who are in power want it to mean. So, uh, you know, the Constitution itself is not this arbiter of liberty and justice and this and that and the other thing. It's basically a political document that's used uh, accordingly. It's an instrument for whoever's in power, uh, more or less. Think about the argument. Now, remember, I'm with you on this whole Roe versus Wade thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Think about the argument, though, that all these people used for years to, to bludgeon people into upholding Roe versus Wade and that they're still saying now. They would ask the Supreme Court justices if they believe in precedent, which, of course, they do. And they would use that to, to get them to somehow say that Roe versus Wade was now precedent. Mm-hmm. So it was completely like unethical for them to then go and vote against Roe v. Wade. You can believe in precedent and still believe that Roe v. Wade is shitty law at the same time. Like, no no one would argue that it's in the Constitution that you have a right to an abortion. And no one can even argue that you have a right to privacy. Because if you had a right to privacy, then you could do drugs as much as you wanted. My body, my choice. There wouldn't be a, they wouldn't allow drug laws. You know, they wouldn't allow a lot of laws if it was really my body, my choice. But all of a sudden, when it comes to killing babies, like, yes, that is my body, my choice. It's somewhere in the Constitution. This disingenuous nature of arguing. The only thing we can all seem to agree on in the Constitution is that the government can't station soldiers in our houses in the time of war. That seems to be the only thing we agree on. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting because obviously on abortion, I don't think it's murder up to a certain point. That'd be fetal viability, but it, it's best to keep it in the first trimester. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with the Constitution. That's just my view, bioethically speaking. And then people try to read into the Constitution whatever they want. Even though I wish Roe were still around, I freely admit that I do so uh, because I like the outcome of the law, not because I think Roe was uh, a great constitutionalism. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, but you know, it's, I just like the practical value of it. And it's good to have the right to privacy in a constitution, but unfortunately, uh, at the federal level at least, uh, that sort of thing uh, has not ever existed, and I doubt it ever will. Although if it did exist, it would probably be reinterpreted to mean whatever those in power wanted it to mean regardless, so there goes that. Uh, it, it, it's it's fascinating. Now, as we do begin to wind things down, Halls, again, back to economics. Uh, yeah, i got about 10 minutes left. Sure. Yeah, in Florida, Ron DeSantis is pushing now for increased uh, public spending for new mothers, uh, he wants to allot, I think, 30-some-odd million dollars, but it's going to be way more than that. It has to be. And uh, he's doing this uh, while claiming to be to the right of Trump. Uh, this is interesting because traditionally this is you know, a Democratic position. He's using it now to try to edge out Trump to the right, especially since Trump now wants the abortion issue to go away. But DeSantis is embracing a six-week uh, limitation, which is close to a ban, and he wants increased welfare for new parents. Uh, what does this situation say to you? Because obviously it is a matter of economics. Clearly it's left-wing economics. Uh, but uh, it's being used to further, at least the DeSantis and his friends would say, quote-unquote conservatism, uh, and it's making, they're trying to make Trump look like the quote-unquote liberal, even though Trump it's taking uh, a more uh, traditionally Republican position. What do you say, Halsey? So, this is a tough one. I don't believe that DeSantis is running for president. I know everybody else does. I don't. I think that what DeSantis is doing, and the reason he's trying to repeal that uh, that uh, resign to run thing mm -hmm. and all that, like I think the reason he's doing all of this I think there's a 50-50 shot that Trump isn't allowed to run. The Democrats are doing everything they can to get him indicted in Georgia, to get him indicted in New York, to, to sue him out of existence. And with the documents thing, with the special prosecutor, there's a shot. Okay, let's say it's a 10% shot that Trump isn't allowed to run. DeSantis is going to be the guy if Trump can't run. If there's some, If there's some reason that he's not permitted on the ballot, or he's in jail, or whatever it may be. Let, let's say he died. The guy's pretty old. Okay? If there's a reason why Trump isn't able to run for president, DeSantis knows he's the guy, and he has to step up. Otherwise, it's going to be an open primary where 87 Republicans are going to jump in tomorrow, and he might not get the nomination. I think that's what he's running for. He doesn't want to be Trump's prime uh, vice president, right? He doesn't want to challenge him in the primary because it would be stupid. I, I think that's why he's doing what he's doing. And I think that Trump attacking him on a daily basis is pretty stupid also. But I think what he's doing all of this for is because he knows he has to sew up the evangelical boat um, for if he does wind up getting the nod. The evangelical vote, it, it, somebody said it's equivalent to a certain vote in the Democratic Party that votes the Democratic Black well, I'm being very diplomatic about it, but uh, it, it, but somebody said on Twitter to me, and I quote tweeted it, that uh, the, the evangelical vote is the equivalent of this community for Republicans where uh, it's there, 
Uh, but uh, it's always going to be there because basically its interests are not uh, even, uh, there's not even the pretense of it being represented in the other party. So there's really no point in pandering to this base for the Republicans because it's going to be there. So why go ahead with these bizarre uh, abortion laws that are unpopular among almost everyone else? Uh, but DeSantis really does seem to be pandering to this very narrow base. And evangelicals are also moving leftward, by the way. It's not like they're all stuck in 1985. But uh, there are there's still a cohort of them that's really hardcore anti-abortion. So you think DeSantis is just trying to lock their vote down to get whatever is left of the uh, hardcore old school social conservative block? I think that if DeSantis winds up getting the nod, whether, as I said, it be through Trump not being able to run or whatever, he feels like the evangelicals are going to be the ones that have to get out there and, and be his foot soldiers. Because... If let's say tomorrow Trump died, right, something completely out of DeSantis's control mm -hmm. or he was indicted and thrown in prison. And, and that was all the first of all, MAGA, the MAGA, most of the MAGA Republicans will still find a way to say it was DeSantis's fault. They'll say, like, first of all, he like he used the evangelicals to like pray for Trump's death or <laughs> he was him and Jeb Bush like paid off people to get Trump like arrested or whatever. But after that, right, like those people are not going to be his foot soldiers. They're, they're not going to be out there pounding bricks, going to rallies, like getting the word out, putting signs up in their lawns. Like that's not going to be them for DeSantis. Even if Trump is physically incapable of running, they're not going to coalesce around him. Evangelicals will. Like he can convince them that he's an aw shucks kind of guy that, you know, would, would never think of premarital sex and, you know, stuff like that. Like he can get them motivated to get out. They're motivated for Trump because whatever, like. You know, he 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 he's against communism or something, but at the same time, like they would be his foot soldiers, where uh, whereas MAGA probably would not. Yeah, that's he's basically trying to tap into the Ted Cruz base, I think, from 2016. Yeah, which is funny because Ted Cruz is going to just probably run and get in. Like, I don't know if he's going to run. I don't think he'll run in 2016. I think he got beat up pretty bad by Trump last time, and I don't think he wants any more of that. Mm -hmm. But again, he'll jump in again if Trump can't run. Now, as the last thing tonight, Halsey, uh, the economy, where do you see it going? It's sort of coasting along now. One can't say it's doing particularly well or poorly. It's just sort of been like uh, an inertia, basically, since the beginning of the year. What do you think is going to happen, say, three months from now? It's not doing poorly? Have well, you bought eggs lately? No, but I meant to say that there's not been like a, a recession that people were, were, were predicting, like another great recession as we saw in 2008. I mean, kind of. There has been. It's just has. It's just the media won't report on it. Mm -hmm. Inflation is out of control. Home buying is basically in the toilet. Interest rates are really well high up. Mm -hmm. The stock market hasn't been doing that great. No, hasn't. Treasuries are, are aren't doing that well. I mean, they're paying better than most because of the interest rates. But whatever. Our national debt is is a disaster. Economics are not doing well in this country. We're not poised for a, for a, for a huge bump in anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And this idea that, like, everything's going fine, like, just look at the claims that Biden makes. Like, okay, I, I cut the deficit by $1.9 From COVID? Like, okay, I get it, but you cut your own deficit. Like, you got elected and signed a 2 or $3 trillion bill into law and then what? You didn't sign a $3 trillion bill into law the next year. So we're supposed to give you credit for that? 
you know, like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, the job market is doing really good because they stopped counting people. Well, they never really did, but they don't count people that aren't looking for work. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot more people that are just not looking for work. Mm-hmm. You know, they're either working for Uber or doing something. They, they don't give a fuck. They're not looking for a career. Mm-hmm. So all, all the, the statistics that you see nowadays, they're all fake and gay. Every last one of them. They're just, they're, they're meant to, to provide a purpose for politicians, which is what we do. We've been doing this forever. Okay. Like we don't care about actually fixing things. We care about making things look like they're fixed. Okay. One of the best examples I use is remember when, when everybody was busing everybody to end segregation, because after all, if you went to school in Baltimore, the, the, they had like a graduation rate of like 0.3%. But if you went to a nearby suburb, they had like a hundred percent graduation rate. So what did they do? They bust a bunch of people from Baltimore into the into the, the suburb. So let's say now 30% of this great suburban school is now from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now they have a 70% graduation rate instead of 100%. But now you can say all of these people that whatever. Now, they're all the ones who aren't graduating, just mm-hmm. like they wouldn't have graduated in Baltimore. Because you know why? It's nothing to do with the fact they're black or whatever. Living in an inner city war zone to a drug addicted single mother tends to mean you're not going to do that well in school because you're not going to do your homework. You know, you don't have really any support or anything like that. Like these are the reasons why, like suburban schools are really good, not just because they're white. They're really good because they have stable families. They have, they have resources. That's why suburban schools are good. The idea that you are going to osmosis that into, into Baltimore people was never going to happen. But now the statistics look better, mm-hmm. you know, and now everybody's happy, even though no one's smarter. No one learned anything. It's not like those kids all went to Harvard. Well, probably they all did go to Harvard, but they all studied gender studies while they were uh-huh. there, you know. So that's what we do. That's what our country does. That's what we've always done mm-hmm. is that we we don't fix anything. We just do whatever's necessary to make it look like we're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, how many times they said, oh, we need to tax the billionaires. Why? We're all all billionaires pay all the taxes. You know, 50 percent of this country doesn't pay any taxes at all. All we hate about is we need more tax cuts for the middle class. Why? The middle class are the biggest welfare leeches in like the whole entire country. Like the amount of money they get is more than any other group. You know, earned income tax credits, Uh child tax credits, all this Uh shit. They Uh pay fuck all in taxes. And, and if, oh, we can't give any more tax cuts to the rich. The rich are the only people paying them in the first place. Any tax cut is by default going to go to the rich because they're the only ones paying anything. Also, if you are a small business owner, you'll wind up paying taxes, even if you aren't wealthy, because that's just the way the system is set up. It's uh, very uh, interesting, to say the absolute least. It absolutely disincentivizes productivity. Uh, that's putting it mildly. And uh, the tax credits, particularly for children, are heinous. They are discrimination against people who don't have kids. But also, you're paying for, for people to have kids they can't afford, uh, which is uh, mind-boggling to me. But, uh, you know, now a lot of Republicans want to expand the child tax credit. So uh, it's not just a left-wing thing anymore, spreading this uh, toxic sludge. Uh, anyway, uh, Halsey, we are going to get going now. I know you have to fly. It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I hope we could chat again very soon. God, God willing, next week we'll do same time, same place if you want.
absolutely uh, as long as it works out well it should i, I think uh, anyway but everybody uh thank you very much for having tuned in tonight uh, i had a great time i'm sure halsey did and uh, i hope you did too take it easy stay safe be well and cheers Thank you.